0: Welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, Life Coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident at 30. Today's episode is a little bit different from what you have heard on the Turning 30 podcast before, as I'm actually giving each and every one of you some homework and a challenge and it's something that I feel really strongly about which is the reason that I've dedicated a whole episode to it. You're going to be seeing a lot about it on my social media this week and it's something that I have a personal journey to share and that I use with most of my one-on-one coaching clients in a journey that we've just started in the Reclaim group program with my group clients. So this challenge has a really special place in my heart and I think that it's actually so, so important, the message behind it, that I wanted to share it with all of you and give everybody the chance to participate in something that I think is really cool and really game-changing. What I thought I would do to start the episode is to really give you the reasons why this challenge came about how it's helped me explain the background of it and then also give you the reasons that I believe it's so important how it can help you and then we'll end with the rules of the challenge and what you're going to go and do as soon as you've listened to this episode And I just want to make this really clear, this is called the solo date challenge and it's relevant for absolutely every single one of you. It's relevant for you regardless of your relationship status, so whether you've been married for 15 years or you have been single for 15 years, this challenge is for you regardless of how many people you currently live with and how you currently feel right now about spending time alone. Now I'm sure all of those things are going to affect the way that you set the challenge up and they're going to affect how you feel about doing it, but that doesn't mean that you should or shouldn't do it. It really is for every single one of you and it's important for everybody to carve out time alone and to do things for for yourself. So I just wanted to make that very clear. Sometimes in my coaching, my program it has specifically, my reclaim program was specifically set up for uh, single women in their 30s but this challenge helps you single or not and it was very very important for me right at the start of this episode to reiterate that. So the background of the challenge really comes from my own personal journey and something that I am going to admit to all of you is that I had a real problem with spending time alone in a conscious way. And I've really gone on a journey with this in the past few years and now passed it on to my clients. So up until my breakup last year, I have never lived alone before. I've always lived with roommates, obviously my family when I was growing up, but then with roommates or a partner. Having said that, I always pride myself as being somebody who needs time alone, and I want to be alone a lot. So I identify as an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, however you want to label it. I think I've actually seen some people label the term an ambivert, and what that really means is that it's somebody who, although they thrive in an environment where there are other people, that they really need their alone time to charge back up their batteries. And I resonate with that so much because if I'm around people too long, then I struggle with being alone. But that's not really what the solo date challenge is about. It's not your ability to stay in one night if your friends are out or your roommates or your partner or if you live alone and you don't have any plans. It's not about that. It's about spending conscious time alone. It's about spending time on purpose by yourself doing something that you maybe would usually do with someone else, so let's go back to the part where I went through this breakup, and now me and my ex, we we had very opposite schedules. So I did spend a lot of unconscious time alone. Is that the right word? I think maybe. Uh, unplanned time alone so he would work in the evenings I would work in the day so many of the evenings I would be at home alone I would be cooking and cleaning I would walk the dog alone I would watch Netflix alone all of those things I never had a problem with spending time alone but because I had this person my ex available to me all the time when we wanted to do something more scheduled I very rarely at the weekends, said okay you stay in and I'm going to go out and carve out some time for myself and then this really translated into me being single because I felt all of a sudden a loss that I didn't have anyone to do all of these things with and then I became a bit clingy with my friends it would be a little bit like oh there's this new restaurant I really want to check I'll wait until you're available and then it would be you know oh I really want to go on this bike ride to see the certain place that I've been meaning to see but I'm just going to wait until I have somebody to do it with and this is a slippery slope when your security blanket gets taken away from you and then you don't change your behavior and I really started to feel like I was always waiting on others molding my social life around when my friends would be free and that can be really frustrating you know, I'm sure there's some of you who really resonate with that feeling where you hang you're hanging your weekend plans on what other people are doing and then all of a sudden when somebody cancels on you at the last minute, you feel doomed and you feel oh here we go another weekend where I am having to spend unplanned time alone that I didn't want to spend. I really tried to search for answers of how I could feel less lonely, and time and time again, what came up for me was to lean into the loneliness, right, so we hear this a lot on Instagram graphics, like, learn to be alone, and then you'll meet somebody, and all of that, you know, those kind of sentiments, but what does that even really mean? And at some point, something just clicked, and I realized that I needed to, on purpose, create time alone doing things where I didn't rely on other people but I only relied on myself and I started to really plan out my alone time and this came through quite clearly when I had this thing and I've always really had it that I never wanted to be alone on a Friday night for me Friday nights were always supposed to be family time we would have a family Friday night dinner that was something this is something in the Jewish culture and I live away from my family and when I broke up with my ex and I no longer was part of his family Friday nights I would feel this longing and this urge to be around people on Friday night now lots of my friends here would have plans on Friday nights maybe they would you know my single friends would be going on dates or would have plans with other friends and a lot of my friends who are in relationships would be with their partners uh, or with their families and I started to feel alone again, every Friday night would be this taboo. What am I going to do? Oh no, what am I going to do? And the first part for me of building up this solo dating was carving out Friday nights on purpose and saying, I'm not going to make plans on a Friday night. I'm not going to try and make plans on a Friday night. I used to scroll through my WhatsApp messages and be, oh, who can I message and what can I do? And that behavior just stopped. And I said, Friday nights are me time, Friday nights are the time where I'm going to read a good book, I'm going to cook myself a nice nourishing meal, I'm going to catch up with a friend I haven't spoken to for a while on the phone, I'm going to watch a show or a movie I've been meaning to watch and that became a really sacred time for me and I, I did this for a couple of months and I really really enjoyed it and then I took it up a notch and I took it even further and I started to think about the concept of dating myself. And I know it sounds ridiculous and probably some of you rolling your eyes when you say it, what a coach thing to say, you have to go and date yourself. But just bear with me a minute. I had this realization that, well, if I'm so quick and keen to spend a whole evening with someone from an app, a guy from an app that I didn't even know, there was probably only a small chance that I would really have been happy afterwards that I would dedicate my evening to him, then why wouldn't I be quick and keen to book a date with myself? So this is something I was thinking about a lot and then at the end of 2020 was the time that I decided to embark on my trip to Central America and I booked flights to Mexico. Now this was a big big thing for me. I've traveled solo a lot over the years but never such a big prolonged trip so far away and for such a period of time and I was feeling really good about it because I'd really started to build up that solo dating muscle and I'd been living alone at this point for around six months and I was really enjoying being with myself, felt like I had a lot of healing to do, a lot of things that I wanted to uncover and I knew that this trip was going to be very important for me. But then a huge fear came up for me and this is something that I struggled with for many, many years, even when I had solo traveled before to many different cities. So I feel and felt fine traveling alone But I didn't feel fine eating alone. Now, this was literally the source of huge panic. Oh my God, I'm going to have to eat, potentially, three meals a day by myself. And this was really top-level panic. I was freaking out. I remember I booked my trip quite spontaneously and I hadn't really thought through all the logistics of everything I was going to do. And then as I was in the air on my flight, to Mexico I was like oh shit (laughs) oh my god I'm going alone and that means I'm gonna have times when I'm completely alone breakfast lunch and dinner I know some people really love eating alone and I don't know why whether it was some past trauma or something that happened early on earlier on in my life but for me the thought of having to walk into a restaurant and ask for a table for one and then actually go and sit amongst other people created this huge fear I felt like people would be looking at me people would be staring at me I decided to put it on my stories just to see what you all thought of it and I got some people who are agreeing with me saying it was also a fear for them but I got so many messages from a lot of you saying that you absolutely love going out for dinner and that it's something you treat yourself to and that even though maybe it once intimidated you that now you feel like it's something actually you love incorporating into your routine so I received quite a few messages about this and I thought okay well if all of these people can do it then why can't I and it's exactly what I did. I remember it was a few nights into my trip and funnily enough, the night that I landed in Mexico, I bumped into a friend of mine who we'd met in Brazil over 10 years ago now. We had become friends and we kept in touch and we actually saw each other in London since uh, the end of that trip. We hadn't spoken for years and as I stepped onto the beach to watch the sunset when I just arrived at my destination in Holbox in Mexico, she came walking towards me and we literally jumped into each other's arms. It was this amazing moment of alignment that we'd both uh, planned this holiday at the same time and we had no idea and that was, I'm just sharing a lovely moment that I had last year but the reason I'm sharing it, it was because for three days after that we were in the same place at the same time so I didn't need to eat alone. I, I had breakfast alone in the hotel which was really relaxed and I was comfortable doing that but I had lunch and dinner with her and her her fiance and her group of friends that she was with and it kind of delayed this fear of actually eating out so on the fourth night of my trip I said to them I'm not joining you tonight I'm going to go and eat dinner alone and I'm laughing now because I was walking on the streets in this really small island there's not really that much there and there was this one restaurant that I'd read about I really wanted to try it and it had a big line outside and everyone was in couples or in groups and I was really like my heart was racing I had sweaty palms I'm walking past didn't know whether it was okay that I was going alone and then I just thought no 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 I'm going to be an example of why it's okay to go and eat dinner and have a solo date in a really nice restaurant because I did have the choice to go and grab a pizza, go and pick something up, go and eat it back at the hotel, but no, I wanted very intentionally to go to this specific restaurant. Let me tell you, this is one of the best nights of my trip. I sat on the bar, I ordered a gorgeous cocktail, I ordered really yummy food, and after about 10 minutes, I ended up seeing this beautiful, beautiful dog coming (laughs) towards me and sitting on the floor, and then the owner followed, she sat in the seat next to me, and she was originally British, but was currently living in LA, and we had the most uplifting and enlightening conversation, we had such a laugh, we ended up having a few drinks together, we had so much in common, she was such a role model, such an inspiration to me, because she was in her 40s, and was had a very very successful career and was about to buy some property in uh, Mexico in East Mexico and was planning on building a retreat center and she had followed a really different path to most of her friends she was still single she was just really one of those women that you see and you're like wow you are such goal she was really living her life according to her own terms and that became a pattern that i noticed on my trip that every time I would take myself out on a solo date somewhere, specifically to a restaurant or somewhere that I really wanted to go to, I would sit on the bar and I would meet really interesting people. And I met so many nice people this way. And I know that if I wouldn't have done that and would have hidden my hotel room, I wouldn't have had the experience that I had. So that really was the start of me learning how to go on solo eating dates alone. And it's funny because now... Actually, when I later on was in Costa Rica and I had a really lovely group of girlfriends, we used to eat most of our meals together. And I remember at the end of the trip being like, oh, I really want to take myself out for dinner alone on purpose because I missed it. So who would have thought in that really, really short space of time that I would be able to make that huge shift from being so nervous to going out to eat to actually missing it and really wanting to consciously go and book that time with myself. So, that's just a really nice lesson that I learned. But this challenge isn't the go out and eat alone solo challenge. This is just a relevant story so that you can resonate with any fear that you might have and maybe a cringy feeling inside about wanting to do something alone. So, that's the background of why I thought of the challenge. And it's something that even to this day, I'm alone all the time, I live alone. I work alone I walk the dog alone I am somebody who really loves my alone time now I really crave it I need it and I love it but the solo date challenge isn't for those of you who just know how to be alone that's a great skill to have but it's for those of you that don't take yourself out and do things that you usually wouldn't do by yourself that you would wait for somebody else to do. And that's what the challenge is. But before I give you the rules, I want to tell you the results that you're going to see once you complete this challenge, once you start to do this on a regular basis or even just after the first time. Firstly, carving time out for yourself is signaling to yourself, showing yourself that you are important. It's showing you that you are somebody in the world that is worthy of committing to yourself. And I always put it like this. You would never skip a date with a friend. You would never make a plan to meet a friend for brunch next Saturday and then when you woke up on Saturday morning and you didn't really feel like meeting her, you would never not message her. You would never just not show up. You would probably go if you really, you know, felt that obligation and maybe you would have some doubts about it, but you wouldn't stand her up, you would go. Or you would rearrange, okay? Maybe if you really didn't like the friend, you would you would just stun her up or you wouldn't rearrange. But let's be really honest, if it was one of your best friends, you would always make sure to carve out that time with them. You would You would want to catch up with them. You would want to make sure that you were showing up for them, being supportive of them, listening to them. So why would you do that for yourself? This happens a lot that people schedule time in for themselves and then they don't show up. So really start to treat yourself like you treat a very good friend or a family member. And this is a really a fail safe way to improve your self-worth. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you get to know yourself more. If you never really spend conscious time alone, and the time that you spend alone, you're distracting yourself, or you're on your phone, or you're watching something, you probably don't really use this time to get to know yourself. And that's what this time is really about. It's about getting to know who you really are, and what you really like. And you'll hear this when I say the rules, I want you to do things for you, things that feel authentically good for you. If you found a person in your life that you really liked, be it a friend, a lover, a partner, whoever it was, and you really wanted to get to know them more, you would spend time with them. You would respect their time. You would make sure to ask them questions to get to know them. You would really, on top of everything, you would make sure that you would date them. You would set time aside to get to know them. And this is the second thing that happens as a result of doing this for yourself is that you get to know yourself more. Which leads on to the third result, which is what I was just saying with this example of when I went to that restaurant in Mexico, is that you meet new people. Because when you're out and about alone, people find you easier to approach and you're putting out an energy of confidence And some of the best people I met on my trip and I meet in my life now is when I'm doing things actively and consciously alone. The fourth thing is you increase your independence. You become somebody who doesn't need other people all the time. You become less dependent. Really important point. And this goes back to my story of the Friday nights when I used to really hang my self-worth and hang my Uh, social plans on my friends who you know they're lovely and they're always there for me but they don't need to always be there for me because I can be there for myself I'm an independent person in this world and I feel like this point of being independent is really important for those of you who are in relationships who do tend to rely on partners or maybe you have a really close relationship with one specific friend that you do things with all the time Or one specific group of friends or maybe you're somebody who always really likes to go out with your sister or your brother or your parents whatever it is if you are somebody who knows that you are dependent on others and you're in a routine of always waiting for others then this solo dating is going to give you a really increased sense of independence the next thing that it's going to give you is an increased sense of confidence it's going to really increase your self-confidence Why? Because doing things alone when we don't usually do them alone and going on solo dates takes us completely out of our comfort zone, especially when we do things that we usually do with other people. For example, going to an exhibition alone, going to a museum alone, going to the cinema alone. All of these things are going to feel uncomfortable when you first do them. But let me tell you this, it's supposed to feel uncomfortable. That's the beauty of it. And it feels uncomfortable specifically when it's the first time you've ever done it but you will get used to it. I actually went to a brand new yoga class that I've never been to Yesterday, and as I was walking there, I noticed I was slightly nervous. I've done yoga however many times, but I've never been to this specific class in the studio and with this specific teacher. My heart was racing a bit when I walked into the room. I didn't know where the mats were, I didn't know what the etiquette was, I hadn't ever met anyone there before. And as I was freaking out a little bit, and I kind of had that fight or flight response of, oh, should I just cancel and do it another time? I reminded myself. The first time that you do something is always a little bit intimidating because it's uncomfortable but once I've done this I know I'll be able to come back the next day and feel fine about it which is absolutely what happened. Increasing confidence is something that I know so many of you really want to do. Loads of my clients come to me wanting to increase their confidence and I teach them the confidence loop. A really really good way to start to build that muscle of confidence is to start going on solo dates. And I know that so many of my clients have used solo dating as a method to increase and build their self-confidence. The last thing I'll say is that a result that you'll see is that you become a person in a better energy. Okay, You become a person that isn't in the energy of I need other people around me to have fun. You become the person of I can have fun with or without others. I am fun regardless of what anybody else wants to do. And this was a huge, huge shift for me because as I was saying before, I stopped attaching my happiness to whether my friends were free or not. And I stopped relying on others to do things that I could just do for myself. And especially when it came to doing things like going to the cinema, going to a restaurant I really wanted to go to, going to visit a specific beach that I really wanted to see, things like this, I decided to do that regardless of someone else being there. And then that energy that fed into me was this energy and air of confidence, independence, you know, respect, commitment to myself, embracing new things and then it really showed up in so many different areas of my life including my friendships of course but also in dating because I noticed that I become became a little bit more radiant on dates that I had this really rich and full life that I wasn't necessarily looking to be filled in and completed by another person. I don't feel that now as I go out looking to meet a partner that that's because I need them so I can have plans this weekend. And for those of you who are listening who are in a relationship, I feel like the solo date challenge the beauty of it for you is that you stop having this air of needing your partner to fill those moments for you that you can go and do it yourself and it will undoubtedly make you better able to show up in your relationship authentically and as who you are without any sort of needy or graspy energy from the other person. I have seen success with the solo date challenge time and time again with my clients. I have two specific clients in mind, one who was an expat living in London and really wanted to explore the city a little bit more. So she decided to always make Friday afternoons a solo date time and go out with her camera and take amazing pictures and go to exhibitions and see architecture that she really loved. And I got so many messages from her saying how wonderful that had been for her that she was no longer waiting to do that with other people. And another client who is somebody who's very, very sociable and always has loads of friends and loads of plans... And she decided one day after she had had some plans cancelled that she actually would have preferred to spend the day alone anyway and took herself off to the Everyman Cinema, which is a really nice cinema where you can sit on a sofa and you can really get that VIP treatment. Something that you usually wouldn't think to do alone, but is so fun to do it alone. So she did that and then she treated herself to a lovely roast dinner afterwards. And I got a screenshot from her uh, saying this is my solo date and I could not have had a better time and I love it. I just love it when people show me that they're dating themselves and the fact that I've had something to do with it is just makes me feel so excited and I'm so grateful that other people are doing something that I've done and found to be such an important important part of my journey for the past year and a half. I'm currently doing this in my Reclaim Group program, as I mentioned before, but I thought it would be really nice to give you all the challenge, because solo travel and solo dating is something that has completely transformed my 30s. It's become such an integral part of the life that I have built that I just really want to share the power of it with so many of you, and that's why I'm inviting you all to do it. So if you're listening to this podcast, your homework is to do this challenge. And hopefully I've convinced you that it's something worthwhile doing. So here are the rules. Okay, I'm going to say them in order. Number one, think about something that you've wanted to do for a while, but you've been waiting for somebody else to do it with you. And as I mentioned before, this could be a show you've wanted to see, or a movie, it can be a museum that you've wanted to visit, an exhibition, it can maybe be a hike that you've wanted to take, or a particular restaurant that you've wanted to go to, just something that in under usual circumstances, you wouldn't do alone. The second step, make a plan to go there, right? So that part of it is just saying to yourself, I am going to go on X date to do this thing. Carve out the time. Number three is book the thing. So it might not be something that needs to be booked, but if it is, then this step is important. If you need to get the tickets for the exhibition or book the cinema tickets or book the restaurant, reserve the table, whatever it is, do that in step number three. Step number four is very important. How do you usually schedule your time? Are you using a uh, google calendar an online calendar an outlook or something or you writing it in a in a diary whatever it is the way that you usually schedule time to meet a friend or have a work meeting put in that time in your calendar for the thing that you're going to do as your solo date number five do not and this is in capital letters do not invite someone else to join you even if you are tempted or they ask to come this one happens all the time. When you start to do things alone, especially when it's something that maybe is really interesting that you've wanted to do for a while and you tell somebody and share them, chances are they're going to invite themselves along or going to ask you if they can come with. If you tell this to your boyfriend or girlfriend, then they might also want to come. Very important here to set the boundary. And when you tell the person tell them and make it clear that you're doing it alone on purpose because it's the turning 30 solo date challenge. And again, if you feel that nerves, those kind of, oh, I'm not sure if I can do it by myself, creeping in there, don't invite somebody along to come with you because that's you being afraid to get out of your comfort zone. And that's exactly the reason why you need to see this plan through. Number six, commit to your arrangement. So that leads on from this feeling of nerves where you could so easily skip this you could so easily stand yourself up think about it nobody else would know you just delete it from your calendar you'll scrub it out your diary and no one would even have to know it existed in the first place no 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 as i was saying before you wouldn't stand a friend up so you want to show yourself a level of respect and a level of self-love that you would show to others stick to your arrangement number seven Go and enjoy your solo date. Bask in this time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you've taken time out of your schedule and you've shown up for yourself because you are a person deserving of this date. Number eight and the final one, and this is very important, if not the most important thing that I've said the whole of this podcast episode, tag me in your stories, okay? I want, I want to make the hashtag viral, hashtag solo date challenge okay that's what it is hashtag solo date challenge I want you to tag me in it when you're booking the thing and share it with me on your stories and also when you're doing the thing I want to see this weekend so if you're listening to this in real time you will be playing this episode on the week of the 6th of December 2021 and at the weekend or even if it's earlier this week I want you already all to be tagging me in the solo date challenge a few side points if it's your first ever time doing something alone, and the thought of going to a specific place alone scares the shit out of you, or like me, the thought of eating in a restaurant alone really terrifies you, then you can build up to it slowly, okay? You can start with something small and build up from there. Another point, and I know this sounds like something really obvious to say, but, and it's really sad that in 2021, I have to say this to you, but if you're a female going on a solo date somewhere just tell someone where you are okay if you're going for a walk somewhere going alone somewhere whatever it is just make sure that somebody knows where you are really awful that I have to say that but I think that we all know and we've heard enough stories to understand that it's important to make sure that you are putting your personal safety first And the last thing I'll say is try not to use your phone too much. Our phones have really become security blankets for us. It's really easy to say, okay, I'm going to do the solo date challenge. I'm going to do all the things that Emma says. And then you're going to go and sit somewhere in a coffee shop, let's say with a book. And instead of actually enjoying that time alone you get out your phone and start getting lost in someone else's stories and doing all the things that are the opposite of what the solo date challenge stands for so really try and put your phone away and really be present and you know you can even take a book like I mentioned or a journal but don't sit and hide an embarrassment on your phone really open yourself up to this experience so I just want to repeat again that your homework is to go on a solo date. I really can't wait to hear from all of you what the dates are gonna be. I hope that we can all inspire each other to do certain things and make sure to tag me in the hashtag solo date challenge on your stories. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to a little bit of this episode and you'll just take this as an opportunity to enjoy and lean in to being alone and being able to love yourself the way that you deserve to be loved. Can't wait to see your stories and I'll see you all on the podcast next week.